This is the Busy People Podcast hosted by Nicole Hope and Victoria Albuquerque. Dropping knowledge on all things health, wellness, and lifestyle because you're never too busy to learn something new. That was a lot of good info. So good. I just learned so much and feel kind of almost silly. Like I'm 40 and I didn't know any of these things. And like, you know, I still feel like I'm a 16 year old. Like, oh, you want to get high? You smoke some weed. There you go. But there's so much more to it. Yeah. And I mean, that's obviously her whole message. Like there is a stigma. We have a, a certain association with it, which is like just from our younger years when it was around a lot yeah and it's totally different now and regulated I mean I remember when I was in Amsterdam which was now crazily like 15 years ago and going you know because there it's been legal forever and going into the store and like it telling you exactly what it would do for you you know it was just I'm like what is this like I, I mean that's when I was 25 and it was a whole, you know, now it's here. Like, I mean, I've never been in a dispensary myself, but I'm assuming it's, you know, similar in that you're actually getting something that will help you directly. So it's, it's, and, you know, like she said, it's holistic. It's not, right. Like, we have to stop thinking of it, I think, like a drug mm-hmm. and just understand that it's natural. And if you use it appropriately, yeah. it can be more helpful than harmful. So, yeah. So everyone, check out this episode with Lindsay, all about cannabis and breaking this stigma. Enjoy. We are so happy that you're here with us. This is Lindsay. And I know, did you go by Lindsay Dolash? Like, or No, I just do that to shorten name? my name because my name is like obnoxiously okay. long. So I just try to save everyone by just saying Lindsay Dolash. But okay. technically, Lindsay Dolash, which is my full name. Okay. And you may know her because she was on Survivor, although that's not the topic of our conversation today. Um, So we are focusing on breaking the stigma of cannabis, but just a little background. uh, You're a registered dietitian. You have your own nutritional counseling company practice, and then now you're a certified holistic cannabis practitioner. So if you want, you could just get into a little bit, introduce yourself, and then tell us what led you to bring a focus of cannabis into the counseling practice. Yeah. So I oddly knew I wanted to be a dietitian when I was like 12 years old, which is like so lame for a 12-year-old, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> I love food. I was always really active and always played a bunch of sports, and I was really into health. And so at an early age, I was just really obsessed with knowing what food can do for the body, how we can enjoy food while having a healthy lifestyle and what ways does food break down into the body and all those purposes. And then I get into uh, organic chem in college and that's exactly what we break down. And, and they're like, this is the hardest class ever. And I'm like, I literally asked for this and this was so hard. I almost regret it, but not really. But um, so always I had an early passion for food and just teaching people how to enjoy food while living a healthier lifestyle without having to decide, am I going to enjoy food and live a shorter life and have all of these diseases come with it? Or am I going to have to have a healthy life and everything tastes terrible and life is boring and mundane? I really wanted to marry the two together, which is why 
now fast forward to the private practice that I have now, enjoying life is everything is our tagline. We really like to emphasize that regardless what your lifestyle is, we can figure out a way to make it work to at least make it better than what it currently was in a way that you still can enjoy all the things that you love. Um, and then, so nutrition was my goal, went into that. Now I have my private practice, which is great. And then my business partner kind of mentioned it to me because we both were already kind of in the cannabis world and she found that there's this certification for it. And we're like, you know what? It's a plant that falls into our realm. And then the bigger piece that a lot of people don't think about, because everyone asks me like, how is cannabis related to nutrition? It's not directly related, but it could be indirectly related because nutrition really is more than just, okay, eat this, go, go here and you're on your own. It's really more holistic of everything. Like how is your sleep? How is your fluid intake? How's your stress level? What are the, all the other things? Like there's so many different factors that play into our health. Nutrition is just our main source. But so with that, plus it being a plant, and then we were like, you know what? People are buying it anyway. It's out there. How can we learn about it so we can be able to appropriately teach people what is appropriate to get, how to get it, how to shop for it correctly, how to properly dose it, and who is it good for? And with that, I feel like that opened up so many doors of just so many avenues of how cannabis can be helpful. And it ends up being indirectly helpful for a lot of my clients of issues that they have that ultimately those are issues that they have that are stemming into now their nutrition realm, whether that is motivation, whether that is stress levels and cortisone levels being really heightened, whether that's poor sleep or any sort of pain that they're dealing with, all of that is a domino effect with everything else. So it's hard for us to quote unquote, solve their problem nutritionally when I understand that it's, this is a bandaid, but the problem is not being fixed. And we have to kind of do a few steps backwards and fix that problem. So it doesn't result into the nutrition or health aspect. Do you feel like you're at the forefront of this? Like, are there a lot of certified practitioners around? Um, I just, so everyone knows we're all in New Jersey. So I mean, focusing on here, but yeah, I mean, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, it's not really that big. I get excited when anybody else has any sort of knowledge on it. So it's still new, which is also why I really like, for multiple reasons, like to promote breaking the stigma. I feel like there still is a big stigma on it. New Jersey, it just recently became recreationally legal and not that soon before that was medically legal. So there's still a lot of stigma, at least in this state, but still overall, there is this feeling that, I have personally noticed a lot of clients who have held back from really solving a lot of their issues due to the stigma. And it's just unfair. So I have a big mouth. I'm from Jersey. So of course, I'm not going to be hiding my opinions <laughs> of things. So, but what I have no, what I've had to say to some people too, and some clients is when they're discussing it with some of their other doctors is are they educated on it or do they not know? Because some doctors will be very upfront and say, honestly, I don't really know enough about it. So I can't really make a decision. Others will be like, well, until more things come out, I'm just going to be a hard no, or they have their own stigma about it. So I always preface that um, when they talk to their other doctors about it or anyone in their medical team of, are they even educated or is it more of just an assumption or until it's legal and it's really in getting involved in my life with my clients, I'm not going to bother looking into it yet. 
Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited that you're here with us today because, and I, I mean, I think I can speak for Nicole as well as myself. Like we really need to be educated because we're not big users ourselves and you're right. There is this stigma. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that we can give people a better understanding of, you know, the correct uses, the benefits, all of that good stuff. So why don't we dive in a little bit to, you know, why should or, or do people use cannabis? What are the benefits? It's an umbrella of benefits. So from anti-convulgent for like seizures and things to anti-inflammatory issues to gut health to mental health, um, immune system, managing some pain for things. It just is an umbrella of a lot of things. And the way that I really like to explain it to people is cannabis its job is to bring your body to homeostasis, which means it brings your body back to balance. So it's not going to bring your body too far one way or too far the other way, which is why it's physically impossible to overdose on it. Worst thing is going to happen is you're going to have a bad afternoon if you're too high for whatever reason. Right. But ultimately, it's going to tackle whatever issues are going on in your body that are not in balance. So that's where it can tackle so many different avenues. And um, I mean, yeah, that's it. I was going to So I'm, I'm assuming this is part of like a holistic approach. If someone's having an issue or suffering from something, this can be one of the things to, to try to help them. Um, so obviously there's a, quite a few different ways to consume or to use cannabis. What are some of the different methods, um, that you can talk to us about that, that people should be using? So I feel that the tincture bottle, which usually you'll find that a lot of CBD products, that's a really common and easy one. Basically, what that's going to be is a dropper that you'd put underneath your tongue for whatever dosage or drops that you need, hold it there for a minute, and then swallow. And then that should kick in in about 10 to 15 minutes, and that goes directly into your bloodstream. If you smoke or inhale it, that also goes directly into your bloodstream. Well, then there are topicals and then there's edibles. So topicals are really more, if you have a skin rash or direct pain in a certain area, you can use that to be able to choose that spot. Or yeah. then there's edibles, which have other benefits, which similar, but maybe different benefits. I, because it goes through your GI tract, your stomach and to your liver. So I, there are some people where edibles don't really work for them. They're like, I don't know, it just doesn't really work. I don't feel anything. And then there, those are the people that would want to use either a tincture or inhale or some other version because it doesn't work well in their GI tract. Well, other people, that might be the better way for them. So that's more of a personal dependence yeah. on how you can tolerate that. But then within that will dictate how long you feel high or feel the benefits for and other ways to kind of manipulate that to extend the length of time. Yeah. So I, I mean, it obviously is going to depend on what people are lo looking for to, in terms of like where you would direct them and what to use or what, what to try. Um, yeah, I guess if someone comes to you, that is like a total, like never did anything, never Super tried movie. it. Yeah. And I mean, are you going to have someone like, obviously not like ripping bong hits like <laughs> first time, but like, I, I, I think I would be scared of like an, ed I don't know why, like an edible scares me. Like, I just feel like you're so out of control. And then, but anyone who uses them is like, no, you're so wrong. So I don't know. I guess there's just so much uncertainty around that 
I don't know, in my mind. No, a hundred percent. And it's so funny because there's so many people that I've spoken to, even like recently where they've never done it ever. And like, again, kind of the stigma, then finally one day they decided to take an edible, but they're like, yeah, I had a whole brownie or had like four gummies and it was the worst situation ever. I'll never do that again. It's like, well, duh, because you just had an insane amount that you shouldn't have. It's the same thing as when you drink for the first time when you're young and you get super sick. You're like, I'm never going to do it again. And then of course you do. But for some reason, when it comes to weed or marijuana or cannabis, people are like, no, never again. That was the worst experience. And I feel like maybe the edible is giving this illusion that it's a little safer because you're just going to eat it. You're not going to smoke it, but you do need to know the appropriate milligrams. So I am always like, I'm like, I'm not being a drug pusher, but I'm totally encouraging. If you're ever curious, this is the way to Mm. do it. So regardless the kind you want to use, start low and go slow. So you always want to do the lowest dose possible. And then you slow. What is the lowest dose possible? Like what would that even be? So I would say like five milligrams, let's say, but it also depends on if you're going to have something with THT, oh my God, THC in it, or you're not. So I guess I will kind of like back up and just explain the difference there for any newbie who's going in. So there are three main components that are in a cannabis plant or your CBD products, whatever is you have the cannabinoids which CBD is the most popular one that people know about, but there's like hundreds, but we only know of so many so far because there's so many studies left to do, mostly because it's been federally illegal for so long. So funding for this has been really difficult. So I feel like that's why we're a lot farther behind than we should be. Um, Then there is the uh, the THC, which is what people notice when they feel high, things like that. And then there's terpenes. So those are the three components that are in that. And when you consume them all together, that's when you hear of this thing called the entourage effect. It's like, it's just like a dream team together. They all work significantly better, but THC is going to come up on a drug test. So therefore some people might not want it for that reason. So then we go into the CBD products. So then those CBD products, there is uh, which again, the cannabinoids like CBD all have great benefits. THC has great benefits too. And the terpenes have benefits. It's so it's not that one is better than the other. Um, and again, they work much better together. So if you are looking, if you're just like, I don't want to get high. I just want to go to a CBD store and whatever, and get some stuff. There is a CBD isolate. That is just the cannabinoid only no terpenes, no THC, nothing else helpful, but it's not really giving you everything. Um, it's much better if you have, you know, the dream team with you, then the terpenes are what gives it. It's like smell, aroma, taste, things like that, which also affects mood. Um, that would be, I feel like I've never even heard of terp, terpoines, terpenes, you know, no one knows about it. And this is where I get super like nerdy about it, but stuff that you'd find in like essential oils, like, and so here is like the main difference. And this is not an accurate statement. I'm saying I'm just giving like a general idea. Like yeah. lavender, let's say hypothetically, is known yeah. to be able to reduce the size of a tumor. But you okay. need, I'm making this up, 90 yeah. grams of lavender a day to do that. And it's just an absurd amount that no one can consume that much lavender. It's an aggressive amount. But then as you break it down and then the chemical breakdown in your body eventually gets to the purpose it's benefiting in cannabis, it's almost like it already is halfway converted. So now you might only need like 10 milligrams of lavender to get the same benefit. So that's where Mm. these terpenes really benefit in the cannabis plant is that you don't need nearly as much 
of lavender or peppermint or something in order to reap those positive benefits. Um, Even though no one really necessarily knows about that. So then you have the broad spectrum, which is the CBD stuff and the terpenes. And then full spectrum has THC in it. It's not going to make you high, but it might show up on a drug test. So anyone who is using that to pass a drug test, I would avoid that. I have a client who recently had to do that. And luckily it didn't really take very long, which down the road, I can get into how to remove that out of your system faster Mm -hmm. in case anyone has those issues, (laughs) Um, as well as how to like reduce your high. Like while you're high? Well, you're not going to pass a drug test while you're high. No, no, I know. But like reduce your high. Let's say you have an edible and you're like, yes, that was way too much. CBD or any cannabinoid will reduce your high. So when I said like, oh, try a tincture bottle first, keep that in your bag because besides the fact that it's good, like as needed, if you're having like an anxiety attack or just really Mm -hmm. stressed or just like overwhelmed with things, it's nice just to in the moment reduce things or if you have like stomach issues, but it reduces your high. So you'll, when we get into it of different dosings of things, the CBD will remove the high of THC. So if they're, so that's where if you're shopping and there's ratios, like a one-to-one ratio, it's equal amounts THC to the CBD. So you might feel a little high, you might not. That's depending on the person mm. of how sensitive you are to it. But yeah. then the more THC you have, which like if you're going to go to a dispensary and get recreational stuff, it's usually like way more THC than anything else. Yeah. You'll feel high. But then if it's medical and there's really not that much there, you're not going to feel that high component. Both still provide medical benefits. That's awesome. So speaking of CBD, because obviously CBD is having a real moment right now. (laughs) Um, But I'm curious because like I feel like when we were growing up, when we were teenagers and, you know, young adults, I never heard of it. Has it always been around or is it new? Like what is the deal? I mean, it's been around for, I think, like, hundreds, if not thousands of years, just, like, more in, like, Asia and on Mm -hmm. that end that they've always utilized it, whether it's the hemp plant or Mm -hmm. the cannabis plant. So the hemp plant doesn't have that THC content, like, to that extent. So it still has almost all the other benefits that you can utilize. In terms of us extracting it and using it the way we are. I don't really know how long it's been around, but I don't think it's been that long just because of like all the propaganda that's gone on, at least in the U S I don't really know about other countries, but I, it seems like a lot of countries are still a hard no on it. So it just seems overall, it is a very slow moving progression Mm -hmm. of reality that it has so many benefits for things. So I don't really know. But again, I think because it's at least in the US, because it's been federally illegal, at least here and probably other countries, the studies are just limited. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, it's it's everywhere now when um, I mean, but that being said that it's everywhere that kind of goes back to why I wanted to teach people how to shop for it because It is so popular. You can find it at Home Depot. You can find it at DSW. You can find it everywhere. And because it's so explosive, a lot of companies can get away with cutting corners of the quality mm-hmm. of it because it's making a big buck. Like at the end of the day, it's about money, which really is unfortunate because it does have a lot of benefits. So when people are shopping for it, what you want to look for in your product, when someone sends me a picture of it and like, is this good? I go to their website and I look to see, do they have a certification of analysis, a COA? 
that is basically someone doing a full panel test on that product to make sure there are no heavy metals, there's no solvents, there's no molds, all these toxic things that Mm. are in the soil that the plant will absorb is now in your product. Mm. So what's funny is I had a client last week who was interested in wanting to have some, some specific things. Like she wanted to have something that was good for like CBC, which so CBD is like the common cannabinoid. CBC was good for like gut health and things like that. So, hmm. and so CBG. So she wanted something high in that. So she gets this product. She's like, all right, they sent, they sold me this and they said it was full of, uh, you know, CBC and this and that. Um, but I just really feel really high because she was complaining about how she just gets the munchies all the time. And I was like, it probably depends on what strain you have. Let me see your stuff. So I look at the product and then I open up the panel and there's no CBC in it. It even says not determined, but they put it on the front of the label because they it's not regulated by the FDA. You could put whatever you want in. Same with supplements. Yeah. So it was just a sold product that didn't really have what should have been in there. So that's what makes it misleading, which yeah. a lot of companies will do, and then making sure that it's safe. So you want to double check when the COA is there that they tell you what the breakdown is and then also the um, like the metals and solvents and stuff, and that it's a third party tested. So it's not biased. Yeah. That's really helpful. Cause I would have no idea. You think like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're looking for like third party testing, no matter yeah, what. Ideally. And it's not that hard yeah. to find. Like once you go to the website, it's usually right there. Some of them have like a QR code on the bottle itself that you can just look at and it'll immediately show you it. But I don't like it when they don't show me that they tested heavy metals and everything else. Sometimes they just show you the breakdown of how much THC is in it. And then I have to like contact the company and ask and request. And if they send it to me and I prove it, cool. Or they don't. And I'm like, all right, well, now I just know that it's a shady company. I'm not going to use it. Yeah, that's a red flag. Yeah, red right. flags, exactly. Yeah, definitely. You touched on um, for like a second some different strains. Um, can you kind of give us a breakdown of what the different strains are? Sativa, I think I know. Yeah, so there's – yeah. Sativa, indica, and hybrid. So generally speaking, sativa is more going to affect your, it's going to be more of a head high. It's going to be affecting your brain. So if you're really stressed out or anxious or you need to be motivated or need energy, that's good for that. While indica is more of a body high. So if you are having any inflammation or pain or soreness from working out or like menstrual cramps, things like that, you want something more indica because it'll hit the body source. And then hybrid is a mixture of the two. So for me personally, I like having a mixture of the two because I like to use it because my mind doesn't stop and I just need to relax, turn my brain off, or I'm just anxious or stressed or I don't have a good appetite. But so, but my body doesn't stop. I have way, way too much energy. So I need something to tell me to sit the hell down and just relax. So me mm-hmm. having a hybrid gives me a little bit of yeah. both, turn my brain off and sit down. Okay. And what about, is there anything to know, um, maybe to stay away from when consuming cannabis or, um, I read something about, uh, CBD and grapefruit don't go well together. (laughs) I love that you said that. Yes. So it's just before you tell your grandmother to take CBD for her arthritis, you always want to double check if any, if yourself or anyone you're suggesting it to is on any medications that tell you to avoid grapefruit. 
cannabis and hemp just react the same way as grapefruit does. So what it would happen is it might accidentally increase the dosage of your medication. So let's say you're on a medication that requires 20 milligrams and then you take something and now it's acting as 40 milligrams. This could be a big deal. So that's really the only concern. And I just, I know some people that it doesn't affect them that way, but I tell them to talk to their provider specifically, and hopefully they have more knowledge on right. cannabis with that. Yeah, that's such a random <laughs> right? fact. It's just like the yeah. way the grapefruit reacts with certain drugs. It's I don't know what – I forgot what the mechanism was, but cannabis is the same. So I know someone who was so taking like clonopin, which is like an as needed anxiety medication that's pretty like intense right. and addictive and then took an edible and then said she couldn't drive. I'm like, oh God, I didn't know you were doing that. Uh, hard no, definitely don't do that. We can't just have like 40 or 60 milligrams of clonopin when you're supposed to have significantly less. That could be dangerous. So that's the only warning sign I will say. Other than that, it's incredibly safe. Feel out what works best for you. The other thing I would say in terms of like strains, like when I was talking about CBD, like there's people like, oh, I want to take the CBD for sleep, but I didn't really do anything. So I don't think CBD works for me. But CBD, let's say, is the umbrella that carries everything. Then there's CBN, which is good for sleep. Then there's CBV, which is good for seizures. And then a few other ones. So when you are looking for something like that, and I'm like, oh, well, it's full of CBV. Of course, it's not going to help you with sleep. It's going to help you if you have seizures. So that's the reason why. The other thing that's super cool that doesn't exist yet, but hopefully with studies it'll happen, is, again, it brings your body to homeostasis. So everyone's different, which is why it affects everyone differently. It doesn't mean that you're just doomed, doesn't work for you and work for somebody else. It's you got to figure out what, what strain or plant or farm that had the balance of everything worked well for you. So it's really just trial and error. So that's the only unfortunate thing is if this one brand doesn't work, maybe another brand will because it's a different farm. Terpenes might be different, whatever. Um, but what I'm hoping is going to happen in the future is let's say hypothetically they can do like a cheek swab and then test you out and see exactly where your imbalances oh, are. Yeah. And then you know exactly what to shop for without having to like guess and figure it out later. We're just not there yet, but that would be so cool once we get there i feel like you should get on that i'll try that's like figure that's, out how i can get yeah, there i will advocate for this so hard that's i mean i think that's what the problem is is that you know everyone ha everyone has some issue that they're trying to remedy but it's very you know to do a trial and error people get just sick of that like then give up very easily like you said and if you could just know from jump it would be so much mm -hmm. more effective better time saving i mean money saving seriously so. and then when you're trying something yeah give it about a week before you choose to either ditch it but before ditching it i would increase the dose because some people just need maybe like 20 milligrams before they feel the benefit that they need or they need 25. If it's someone who's like really struggling with arthritis, it could be like 100 milligrams that they need. So it really depends on the severity of your issue, um, which again, makes it really annoying of a process to do because it takes a lot of time. It's really expensive. So that's the only downfall. So when everyone, if any company you know that you approve of or that I would approve of, feel free to always ask me and I can tell you, I love when they give away samples. And like smaller sizes. So it's cheap. It's easy for you to test without having to just blow through $50 on a bottle that doesn't benefit you at all. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. We like to try to 
in these interviews give our audience like if they want to try it let's give them like the tools and the information that they could just you know go after it if they want to so if someone is wants to get started do they need who do they consult like if they don't have you and they don't have someone who's certified like can they just walk into a dispensary like what is the suggestion yeah um usually people in the dispensary are very well educated on it so I always encourage people to ask there especially because dispensaries at least in Jersey are going to have a lot of medical so in order for you to be selling that you have to be able to educate people of medically how to handle it. Or if hopefully one of your doctors or medical professionals is a little bit more in tune or aware of the cannabis background, you can do that. But I think a dispensary is a really safe bet. And again, all of this is safe. So again, just start slow and slow and work your way up and then you'll pretty much be good. But the person at the dispensary is going to be able to give you a good gauge of like, Hey, I'm in here for sleep. I'm in here for pain. I'm in here for this. They can give you a general guidance based off what they have there. And if there is not a dispensary available based on where people live, obviously, then you, I mean, you can order online. I like to call the companies, right? Sometimes like, yeah. Like what do you suggest? Um, if there is any like online stores that you'd be looking into shopping for, there's no harm in calling the company and just asking them because they're really well educated on that product and they'll be able to guide you. They've taught me a lot of things too, depending on which company I call um, of what I'm asking about, but they're usually pretty forthcoming because if you're in this industry and you're a good quality product, you want to educate. You want people to understand the benefits of it. So it's not like this smoke and mirrors hidden thing. Again, as long as the product or the company is safe, which again, go on their website, see if they have a COA and see if they check for metals and solvents. And then at least, you know, they did their due diligence and then it's pretty much fine. So they would be more than happy, I would imagine, to educate people on that. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I think people, most people wouldn't even think to call a company. It's like you, you're you scrolling, scrolling, you pick something you think would probably work. And I really think people just aren't, We, I mean, we just aren't educated enough on it. But what let's like, let's talk about like a couple major, like the major issues you see with your clients and what they're, it's like, I would assume sleep is a major yeah. one. Um, paint, like some pain is obviously right. Yeah. Appetite, um, is helpful, um, anxiety a lot. Like, so I have, um, I have a few eating disorder clients that just get very anxious at random times or in certain situations. And it was really helpful for them when I told them like to have a CBD, like a tincture bottle with them that they can take as needed. And that really helped like quiet their thoughts has been helpful. I have, um, another client where it was good for her for focus, like for ADHD and also for her son and her son actually had a lot of night terrors, like significant amount of bouts of night terrors. And so we were working on having a smaller appropriate dose for him based off of his size and then a different, and then a certain amount for her, for her issues. And he has had minimal to no night terror since she's been giving it to him. And then during the day, he's been more well-focused. Mood swings are not as intense. Um, and then for her, it was like pain issues and inflammation, but then sleep was a really big one too. So she has a day one for like her mental health and focus for ADHD. And then a night one that has more CBN in it. That's helpful for her for sleep. Um, so it's really been those, the only people that it really is unfortunate for is 
I had a client who works in the post office, has diabetes and so many other physical ailments. And he's on all these medications that the side effects are causing all these issues where marijuana could have really been a solve of all of those, but because he works for the federal government and the post office can't do it. So he's now stuck taking like four or five medications that's destroying his kidneys when he already has diabetes. So that's like a double whammy and then not really getting the same thing. And he's on his feet all day. So it kind of hits a lot of different areas depending on what you're looking for. Do you, so does CBD show up at all? Because I was talking to a friend of mine and he said for the government, you can't, you also cannot take CBD. I think it's more so the full spectrum CBD. That's the one that has a tiny trace of THC that will show up in a, on a drug test. But if you have broad spectrum, there's no THC whatsoever. Um, And then there is Delta eight, which is a synthetic version of THC that is a loophole right now, how a lot of people are able to get really high on products at a regular store in terms of how that, and I don't think that, I don't think that would show up in a drug test because I think drug tests right now are still testing just Delta nine THC, but I can't, I don't know that for sure. I have to check, but eventually that loophole will be closed once everyone's in the know of it. So is Delta 8, I mean, I see it at like every gas station and convenience store. Is it, so you said it's synthetic. What, is it worse? Is so it like, I don't know. Well, I can't I, say that because yeah. it, I don't know enough about it, but um, it's synthetically made um, at, and it's a, basically a loophole in the system because no one has any regulation on Delta 8. And we fa- and they found right. out that it it's able to make you high just like Delta Nine THC would, but technically it might not make you as high because it's not. I think it's like one tenth as potent. But I've totally had products that I was like, oh, there's no way this is peanut butter going to get me high. There's no THC in it. You guys are all crazy. And then I have a tablespoon or two. And I'm like, whoa, I'm ripped. <laughs> so it can hit you that way. So I don't know necessarily if it is just as safe or not. The only thing I will say from a personal end of it is it takes, to me, it takes away the holistic part of it of like, it's something natural that we have with us that we're able to utilize. That's beneficial. Now that we are synthetically changing it again, I still want to make sure that they did their proper COA with everything else, like, and making sure that all of that is sound, but now it just kind of feels more pharmaceutical than anything else that I would imagine there would be a patent on that at some point. So, but I don't think there's enough evidence yet or that I have found yet to show any negative effects of Delta eight. But if you see Delta eight, you'll get high. And I also am not positive if that would show up on a drug panel or not. Got it. Yeah. I was, I mean, I had no idea what it was and I see it everywhere. And at a gas station, chances Um, are it's probably not that credible. They're probably finding the cheapest one who wants to buy it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, we talked before about milligrams a little bit, but so you said five is the lowest. Is that for CBD and also THC? Like, yeah, is that and a you can do less than that. Like, it, it, like that can be as small as you want it to be, but I would just say five. I think that's fine, especially when it comes to CBD. I mean, you could do a much higher dose and you're not going to have to have a negative. It's more of like edibles start at five. Well, my mom, I would cap her at five. <laughs> like she really is a yeah. lightweight with it, but <laughs> Um, but if you have a TA, if you have a tincture with you, just take some CBD and it'll remove your high within 10, 15 minutes. So at least you can save yourself there. But um, otherwise, I'd probably start with five and then give it a week 
and then maybe bump up to 10, feel that out for a week and then bump up. And then the other thing, which again, makes this more complex. Like when I would do my stuff on Instagram, some people be like, I just remember back in the day, you just smoked weed. There was no different kinds. You don't like think about it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but now that we know more now, it's nicer to be able to be like really specific of what you're aiming for. So for some ailments, you want to have a lot more THC, I mean, a lot more THC and very little CBD because that might benefit that issue. Then there's some other ailments that might be good of a one-to-one where it's even of both and some other ailments might be better, more CBD and low THC. But ultimately the theme of all of them is that entourage effect where you have all of them working together because it's just more, it works like synergistically together that you'll get much more bang for your buck when they're there than if one of them is removed. So like throughout the day, you mentioned that one of your clients has like a daytime one and a nighttime. Like, do you find that people are taking, let's say they take whatever it is during the day. Um, I mean, are they taking THC during the day? Is it mostly CBD or it could be a combination or it's whatever. So whatever works. Everyone's Everyone's different. different. I mean, I I personally can't, like, I wouldn't be able to have anything with THC, THC in it that I have to like drive or do anything like work related or anything with motor skills because they're just so for me, like not working well. So I would be more doing like CBD realm things during the day. And then nighttime I would treat it. That's where I treat it kind of like, not necessarily recreationally, but more like alcohol where it's like, there's a time and a place for when I can utilize that, but you're going to feel kind of a buzz, but you know better than to drive when you're kind of buzzed. Some people feel they can tolerate it, but like legally you really shouldn't be driving if you're high. So I think that's dependent on the person and what their ailment is. So like also like depending on what your issues are and what edibles you might need to tolerate it. Or like if you're a cancer patient, yeah, you might be definitely high, but that might be the only way to manage all of your pain from chemo. So that's where I still think it's dependent, but let's say for like an average Joe, I would not recommend doing like something that's high THC when you need to be like responsible for things or other people. Yeah. That's a good disclaimer to put out there. Um, And then, so the CBD, let's just say, let's just stick with CBD first. So if you're taking CBD during the day and let's just say you're doing it for anxiety and you feel this calming effect after 10 to 20 minutes, depending on which way you take it, how long does that last? Ooh, great question. That'll last you about one to two hours or so. Well, an edible will last you more like four. So the fun thing for um, edibles is that, and just in general, it likes to be attached to fat. So let's say you had, and let the, again, CBD related, right? Let's say you have a CBD gummy, like that's really all just sugar. So that'll probably kick in a little bit faster. And maybe that might tap out after like maybe two hours, possibly, but hopefully you get to four. But if it's like in a chocolate or it's in a trail mix or it's in a butter, that's that fat one takes a long time to break down and that's a slow release. So now it'll last four to possibly longer. So ideally, if somebody really wants to reap the benefits for significantly longer, I wouldn't have it on an empty stomach and make sure to eat something or something really high in fat. So it attaches to it so that they break down a lot slower and you can extend the length of time that you get to have those benefits of. Um, that's amazing. I've actually never heard that yet. So it also, you can take CBD obviously in just a pill form, you know, that would like be a, the same thing. That would so be the, the same pill form. It's still going through your GI tract. So it's still going to be that way. So if you are somebody where 
edibles don't work for you because your stomach or liver just don't process it where you're reaping the benefits, then you would have to do a tincture or you could inhale it and do those. But obviously it's nice to limit how much you're going to inhale things just for like lungs and everything like that. But then that would be a quicker window, 10 to 15 minutes to kick in. If it's an edible or a pill, assume 45 minutes to an hour for it to kick in just because digestion needs to take place. Okay. That makes sense. And then, so same question for the THC, how long does that last? And I mean, if if you're taking only five milligrams, it's, is it going to last less amount of time? I mean, like, is it just a general? It'll last the same. Um, so it's exactly same with THC in it. It's just a matter if the dosage is enough. So what'll happen when somebody has too much of an edible, they're like, ah, it's been an hour. I don't really feel much. It's like, sometimes you got to ride that wave a little longer because you might feel some stuff within an hour and then more things kind of climb. And then hour two, you might feel more. So it would just be, it it would, I don't know. It'd be the same thing as, I guess, I don't know if it's the same as alcohol, but like one glass of wine you can enjoy for an hour and you're going to feel whatever. But if you had three glasses of wine in an hour, you're just going to feel a lot more for the same amount of time. But, um, so it's not like the more, the higher the dose, the longer it will necessarily last. It really depends on how quickly it gets broken down, which again is more if there was fat to it, or if it was more of like a sugar base, then it'll be a less long acting, less acting, um, effect. Um, okay. And then I also have a question about the topical because, it feel it seems like how would this work or why would this work or does this work or is it like a placebo thing like am I just gonna rub this cream on me and it's going to help my pain like what do you think about that um that I've noticed because I have a few different products that I've been trying that will be dependent on the quality of it as well as how much is in it because there's some topicals that might be a hundred milligrams for the whole jar. And then there's other ones that's a thousand milligrams for the whole jar. So you might just need to rub a lot more onto it before you finally get the amount that you need. Um, but there are some that I've seen more benefits than others. And one that I really like ends up having a lot of peppermint in it, which is a nice cooling effect. So it could also be the other things that are in it, like what essential oils are in there, what wax they chose to use, So again, I think that comes down to like the quality of the product itself that they sold and then also the strength that you need for whatever it is that you're working on. Okay. That makes sense. I'm always, I see it and I'm like, is this really going to work? I don't know. Yeah. No. Yeah. You definitely are going to have to just like feel that out, but it sucks because there's just so much. It's like you're overwhelmed and flooded that you're like, I'm just going to assume I'm going to waste $200 at least before I find something that works. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about just the the effects in general, like calming effects, feeling high, if that's what you want. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you, because I remember in our sleep episode with Devin Burke, he, he mentioned that THC can disrupt you getting into like a deep sleep. Vic, do you remember that? Um, do you know anything about that or do you, have you um, heard that too? I don't know. Um I only know very a small amount about it, but it could. For some people, if it helps them get into a deep sleep, great. But for other people, because it has that psychedelic effect, that could be what's disrupting getting into that deep sleep. So I know some people that might take something and it helps them fall asleep, but then they don't really have a long deep sleep. 
So right. I, so that is something that I think is going to be dependent on the person because again, everyone's imbalances are different of how it works for them. But if that is the case, I would focus more on a CBD slash CBN focus or something that's not so high in THC. Like maybe I wouldn't smoke recreational weed because that's pretty much all THC, very little CBD. So you're definitely going to have that. Personally, I will say it doesn't bother my sleep. But then again, I've never had one of those sleep things to test how deep of a sleep I'm really getting. But I do right. know it definitely slows my body down and turns my brain off. That's helpful. But I never really had an issue falling to sleep, like falling to bed anyway. But mm -hmm. it could be. I just don't know enough of that. But I think that's a yeah, he, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think the he did recommend CBD, CBD though. And um. Do you think there's cumulative effects of taking CBD? Like if you, should you just keep taking it? Like if you're using it for a specific reason, like I have problems sleeping. So if I wanted to sleep better, would it make sense for me to continue taking it over time? Or is it like a one-off? Um, no, I think it will, like, that's why it's good to take it for like a week before you really feel it out. Cause sometimes you just, your body needs to really adjust into it, um, but there'll be an amount that eventually you'll cap out at. So some people will be like, oh, I just keep doing more and more and more. There will be a time that like, especially in the very beginning where let's say you did five milligrams. You're like, wow, this is great. This is more than enough. But then in a few days, you're like, I don't really feel it anymore. It was like a quick bounce up, but then you kind of had a lower tolerance and then you have to work your way up. But there will be a max before you're just overdoing it. And then sometimes there is a thing called like kind of giving yourself like a cannabis break just because at that point your endocannabinoid system has just been kind of diluted. It's just worked its course that it's nice just to give it a break to just like bring its tolerance back down for let's say two weeks and then you can get back into it. But um, there's nothing wrong with taking it every day. Like you can take it all day, every day, depending on what you're using it for. Cause again, it's just bringing your body back to homeostasis and back to balance. So there's no harm in it. It's just, using it when it's necessary. I don't know if that fully answers your question. No, it's not. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, Vic, go ahead. I, um, well, I want to thank you for coming on today, Lindsay. This has been so informative. I don't think you know, like my brain is just sitting here. I'm like actually taking notes and I feel, I, <laughs> I feel like every, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's people that are more educated than others or more experienced than others, but um, you know, the whole point of what, what we're doing is to help people who want to learn more about things, take a quick dive into it and then be able to explore more on their own. So I, I truly believe that today's episode will, will be able to help a lot of people. But um, before you leave us, is there anything that maybe we didn't get to cover that you'd like to put out there for our audience? I think going back to the theme of breaking the stigma is be open-minded. There's a lot more benefits than people realize. And I think it's more, a lot of people don't like change. They're scared of change. They're scared of things that they don't know. Super safe. Mm. And I would, if you have anything that has been told that cannabis or CBD is able to help for, don't hold yourself back from getting the benefit of healing yourself like you want because you're scared. Yeah. Um, that would be my, my message because I think there's a lot of people hurting and struggling a lot more than they need to because they're hesitant on this path. Yeah. 
Definitely. That's great. Um, something we like to la- ask all of our guests, is there um, a mantra that you can leave us with that helps keep you motivated every day? Mm. Ooh, good one. Uh, I guess, I don't know. One of my quotes I always like is get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. because then I know that I'm really helping myself change and I'm not t- staying too uh, compliant. I mean, uh, complacent. And then it's not really a mantra, but being on Survivor, I definitely was the most stress-free I ever was, as wild as really? that is. And so, yeah, I, you were unplugged. The fact mm. of being, um, and I, I didn't even know what day of the week it yeah. was, and it didn't matter. <laughs> like, just conceptualize that, yeah. that you doesn't know what day of the week it is, and it doesn't matter whatsoever, was just amazing. But so then coming home, I noticed I didn't really have a strong urge to smoke because I was so relaxed. But then once back into real life happened, I started noticing that need. And I was like, okay, this is such an obvious now issue. Now that I've been separated from the real world for so long and then coming back in, I was able to identify the things that actually are triggers. Like the phone is a trigger, having that immediate need for things. So now all I'm trying to do is reconfigure my life to be it the way that I want to live it and be as stress-free as I can, as relaxed as I can, because if I don't make those changes, that's the life I'm going to continue having. And if I don't like it that way, I need to make a difference and change. So then it goes back to being uncomfortable makes you like getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. You'll have to go back on Survivor All-Stars to get Yeah, there's a way to vote. Please vote for me. (laughs) There is? Tell us. I don't know. If I find it, I'll definitely send it to you and let you know. Maybe you'll get onto the challenge. I'll have to talk to Michelle, see how that all works out. (laughs) Totally. Hopefully you guys see me again there. But thanks for having me on. This has been so fun. I love nerding out about cannabis and CBD and all that stuff. Thank you. Well, can you tell us how people can reach you if they'd like to learn more or if they want to purchase one of your programs? Yeah. Um, So you can find me... um, on Instagram for Lindsay Delosh or on my business page, which is Absolute Nutrition Counseling. And then online, absolutenutritioncounseling.com. My email is lindsay at absolutenutritioncounseling.com. I know it's a mouthful and long. However, feel free to reach me. I love to help. I love to teach. So anyone who's interested in wanting to learn, please reach out and pick my brain. I would love to just spread the knowledge. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, and we learned a lot. I'm sure everyone listening can take something away. So sweet. Yeah, it was great. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Nice meeting you both. Yeah, thank you. Good nice luck with the rest of the podcast. I'm going to keep listening in. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Busy People Podcast. You can find highlights from today's episode in the show notes. Please support us by sharing this episode, leaving a rating or review, and subscribing to the show. And to catch all the latest from us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Busy People Podcast. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation because you're never too busy to learn something new.